another thrill-packed episode of Superman Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies this, 1978 Superman the Movie, five or maybe a few more minutes <laughs> at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space and credits is... Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Great. We did it. We made it to credits. We finished Yay. the movie. It's amazing. And as you said, yeah, we have eight minutes of credits to get through, but I think, we'll, I think we can handle it. Yeah, I think we're so we're we're not going to do five minutes of credits now and three minutes of credits no, on the next. It's a little episode. much, a little much. <laughs> we decided to uh, to to tackle the never, my, as my father always said, the never-ending credits of Superman the movie <laughs> <laughs> at one go here. So yeah, he complained about the beginning credits and the end credits of Superman the movie. I don't know why, but it just you know, I, it's like if he had to sit through a Marvel movie now, he'd be like, I don't know what he would do. I you know so. seriously, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yes, this episode we are going to cover the rest of the credits. Uh, last time we saw Superman fly around the Earth and smile at us, and then we got credits for the Salkinds and Richard Donner. So now we will cover the rest as we talk about, you know, all the crew and every name we see. Uh, and I will say before we get into it, I remember uh, the first time this was on TV uh, on ABC. Of course, I saw it in the theater. But the, I, I, we didn't have HBO, so the next time I saw Superman the movie was whenever ABC first showed it and you know broke it up into parts. What was that, like 1982 or something like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it had been like four years since I'd seen the movie, I guess. And, and um, I remember my mom letting me stay up so I could watch all the credits and so I could hear the music and fly around the room with my amigo Superman. So, <laughs> Oh, to have footage of that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. <laughs> so is there? So we start out with a, a additional script material by Norman Enfield. <laughs> I love that on the commentary that credit comes up, and you can clearly tell that Tom Mankiewicz didn't know that credit's in there because he's like, "Who's Norman Enfield?" And, and Richard Donner says, "Yes, yeah, somebody we had to bring in later." And Mankiewicz thinks Donner is kidding, and Donner goes, "No, seriously." And so I have no idea who this guy is. I looked him up on IMDb. He really doesn't have any other material, script material credit. So this is – he's you can't find him on um, like Google. The, there's no real Google searches other than his couple of other movie credits. So I have no idea what, what this credit means. He's the publicity assistant – for the Saul Kinds infamous Musketeer films. That's really about right. all I really saw. <laughs> this feels like a gimme or something. Like he probably wrote like one sentence, and so the Saul Kinds were like, oh, give him an additional script material credit. But the fact that his credit comes right after Richard Donner's, man, like talk about nice placement. Yeah, it's 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 really strange. And I'll be honest, I don't think I ever noticed this credit before either. And I and I have seen the comment. I, I should have gone back while we were doing this and listened to the the, the commentary, because I have watched the movie with the commentary a couple times, but it's been a while since I've done it. But I, I didn't remember them talking about it. So this, when it came up, I'm like, wait a minute. Because, you know, you get Mankiewicz, you get Puzo and the the Newmans and Benton that worked on the script, you know. But I this guy's like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Completely bewildering. I love that. I, Tim Mankiewicz's reaction is hysterical. It's just fantastic. <laughs> Who, who's Norman Enfield? <laughs> It almost sounds like a pseudonym for somebody or something, you know. <laughs> uh, then we get uh, we get all the the big effects guys: uh, Colin Chilvers, Roy Field, Les Bowie, Dennis well, Les, Coop. And- Les Bowie has. Uh, I want to get. He's one of the ones that I wrote down. He has okay. uh, a lot of credits on Hammer and Sinbad films. 
Ooh. So you've probably seen you, especially, especially Chris, probably have seen a lot of his work uh, over time. Yeah. He's a lot of Hammer stuff. So. Well, you know, it's I have to go back and look exactly, but now that you say that, his name, I mean, I, I, I associate his name with, he's like the Matt uh, effects guy, right? Is that who Les Bowie is? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I, I associate him with that, but like specifically Hammer, now that you said that, I think his name did come up. I'm one of the Hammer documentaries I've watched on YouTube. So, uh, and some of the Hammer movies had like fantastic matte paintings. Oh, I mean, sure, the, yeah. the castles in the background, you know, like I'm thinking about like Dracula, Prince of Darkness, where they, they, they keep, uh, they keep looking over toward the castle that they're not supposed to go to. That's, that's not on the map that everyone tells them don't go there and they <laughs> go there anyway. You know? <laughs> so, uh, and it looks fantastic. And I mean, you know, it's, you could totally buy that. It's like, a model or it's a real castle shot from a distance. So yeah, he's, he's fantastic. All these guys are just, just, uh, you know, fabulous. I mean, without them, I mean, this movie, you know, I mean, the, despite the performances, despite the direction of Donner, you know, without these guys making this happen, it, this movie just wouldn't have worked. I mean, oh yeah, these these guys were all at the top of their game, and and uh, Donner and everybody else really assembled an amazing team. One of their credits is, of course, Derek Mettings, who mm-hmm. all of us nerds are familiar with. He's here credited for model effects, directed and created by. And uh, not only did he act in Spies Like Us, he's he's actually in that movie. You can see him in that movie. Uh, he did effects for Moonraker, Goldeneye, Batman. Supergirl and for your eyes only. So he had his hand in like a dozen of like my favorite movies. So Derek Mettings, one of those, again, that's one of those guys that like, I wish those guys had, if they're still around, like would go to conventions because they probably mm-hmm. wouldn't get mobbed the way like a William Shatner does. But I would love to shake Derek Mettings hand because he was involved in like so many things that I loved growing up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of funny because, uh, at the Lexington comic con a few weeks ago, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, but they have one of the guys, that was on the uh, crew, effects crew for Star Wars, and he, I think he like helped build the Death Star. Oh wow! Uh, he, he was there, so that's kind of like the similar, similar thing. So it's like you know, it's cool that those guys are like getting out and 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 I mean, because honestly, and I mean, this is no offense to anybody that anybody that had a part in any of the movies we love. It's cool to see him out, but you know. That guy, to my mind, is a little more important than Stormtrooper number 54. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. When you think about, right, you think about how much of his creative contribution is to what you, it's kind of like Ben Burt. You know, like Ben yeah. Burt created the sound effects for an entire generation's worth of movies, as opposed to, like, as you said, to the guy that, like, bumps his head in the, in the Stormtrooper <laughs> costume, you know, like, okay. Which, thanks to that L Street 1977 documentary, we know who that guy is now. Right, but, right, you know, right, so. yep. <laughs> I wish there was a Superman documentary like that. I mean, I know Superman the movie isn't quite the cottage industry that Star Wars is, to put mm-hmm. it to, to put it uh, uh, delicately. But but uh, yeah, I, I would love to see more. And it's cool on the special features. You know, you do get guys like Derek Meddings and 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 people like that talking about the the effects and on the like the the Blu-rays and you know they they talk about all the the different effects work they did. So it, it is cool. I'm glad they, they do get acknowledged and it's, it's cool that their credits are this close to Donner's in the, <laughs> on the end here. 
I always wondered how do they arrange that. I'm assuming it's some some of it has to be like a union thing. Like you can't bury certain people, but I also think it probably has the director probably has some influence on that and where he has to put where he chooses to put certain names uh, here and there. I know in other movies the, the the directors are much more hands on. I have no idea what what Donner's role in it is, but obviously all these effects guys are like. You know, you we live. They're literally the guys that made Superman fly, so they need to be up front. Right. Yeah. And it it the, the the one thing I did notice is like it doesn't seem to make any sense. It's like because you'll have a group of like special effects guys here, and then you'll skip like to some stranger credits, then mm-hmm. back to special effects. Yep. Yep. So it's not you know like modern movies now again like like I mentioned the Marvel movies. You know, that's like, okay, here we go. Visual effects by, and here's 15 different studios mm-hmm. with a, a thousand people each studio that worked on the visual yep. effects. Yep. You know, and it's all kind of in order that makes sense. But the credits on Superman, the movie, are kind of all over the place mm-hmm. in, the, in back here. So it might be some kind of preferred hierarchy that Donner's like, you know. So it, Pierre Spangler ought to be at the very bottom, I right. guess. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Star Spangled Spangler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I know we've mentioned, uh, if you've got anybody in between this, just jump in and, you know, cause I know you, you and I both wrote people's names down, but I know we've mentioned Lynn Stallmaster before. Oh yeah. Like one of the most famous, there's actually a documentary about that guy. He's, he's oh, really? such a famous casting director. He has over 388 credits on IMDb. Uh, there's a documentary called casting by, and it's all about Lynn Stallmaster and his career and like the, the the art of casting, it's a really good documentary. It was on Netflix when I saw it like a year ago. It's it's a terrific little movie about a part of you know, movie making that you never get to hear about. So yeah, that's a really it's a it's, it's a again very important because he was one of the guys that helped Donner find all these the right people. Yeah, I didn't know there was a documentary. Okay, I'm yep. gonna watch that now. Yep. <laughs> it's, and it's short. It's like 90 minutes. You know, it's like it's it goes down really easy. It was really fascinating because they get all these directors to talk about working with Lynn Stallmaster, who's a man, by the way. The the name yeah. suggests it's a woman, but it's a man. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I one credit that before Lynn Stallmaster, I wanted to mention is Stuart Freeborn. He's creative supervisor of makeup special makeup and special visuals. He worked on all three Star Wars movies. So, oh, wow. and you're going to have a lot of that, a lot of the crossover, because of course these were all made around the same time. So we have a, a lot of these same people. And then, um, not to not to jump ahead, but right after Lynn Stallmaster is continuity supervisor Elaine <laughs> Elaine Schreck, who gets a who gets mentioned in the commentary by Donner because he talks about that Elaine went with him from movie to movie. She worked on. Uh, the Omen and Lady Hawk with Richard mm. Donner. She also did For Your Eyes Only. But in the commentary, he talks about there was some moment where he wanted to do something in the movie, and she was like, you can't do that because it violates continuity. And she sits down, and he says, the set got quiet, and you just heard this little... And it was Elaine muttering to herself about how mad she was. And apparently he turns around and he goes, look, Elaine, if I'm an asshole, just tell me. And she said she got really embarrassed. So obviously they had a good relationship like that. So I, I love that she gets shouted out on the uh, in the commentary. It's great. I, that That's hilarious. So she was kind of like... Uh... She's like the E. Nelson Bridwell of exactly uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, the the cup of water was this far. You know, Lois's cigarette was at this point. Like that's she's the woman who keeps track of all that. So he's like a little notebook, and that's how you do it. You keep track of of all those little details. Oh wow, that's yeah. And we talked about that because think about it. They were filming two movies, 
in oh, multiple locations, like over almost a two year period. So it's crazy. Like, it's insane. It's like she, whatever she got paid, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's just no, there's just no way. Uh, one one special, uh, we talked about, you know, now we're back into special effects where, uh, I mean, like I said, we'll jump around if we don't have to go actually in order no. of, uh, but, uh, uh, we've got uh, Zoptic special effects by Zoran Persik. Uh, Great name. Yeah, it, it, it's all about branding, baby. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like, oh, you do optical effects? No, I do Zoptical effects. <laughs> but I guess he helped create that system that they uh, wasn't. He, wasn't he involved in the, like the way the camera tracks? The the flying rig wasn't that what uh, I think so yeah like, think like it could so. it could it was it was uh, yeah they were linked up so it would it would the camera would follow the actor in the same pace because obviously the shots messed up if they're not if they're off track a little it's going to be blurry or whatever so yeah I think he was one of the ones that did that yeah that's so I mean obviously that's a very important aspect to this movie oh, yeah. uh, you know the whole you'll believe a man can fly so uh, he. Uh, he definitely helped uh, sell that. So uh, yeah, he gets he gets it, it, it's you know will we'll, he might not have bags of humility since he called <laughs> it optics, but <laughs> but yeah, you got you got to you know you got to put yourself out there. So uh, uh, I noticed that uh, when it was started listing second unit directors, John Barry is actually listed mm-hmm. as a second director. So that was kind of cool. I had never never noticed that before. So of course John Barry uh, who design the look and feel of of um, Krypton and the fortress and and just pretty much all everything in this movie and and you know of course I mean by creating the fortress alone I mean gosh that thing that look of the fortress has really stuck around in like every mm-hmm. <laughs> almost every version that's followed you know and, and it's even in the Lego Batman movie I know, oh, that's know? right yeah that's right <laughs> John, I guess so. John Barry figured this was good training to be a director because he went on to, uh, well, I was going to say direct a movie, but I think he directed about half of it, uh, Saturn Three, which is absolutely gobsmackingly awful, and he was ended up uh, being replaced uh, by a more established director, uh, Stanley Donnan, and, and so John Barry's movie career, directing career, never went anywhere past that. Oh, okay. That's the is that the Kirk Douglas yeah. Farrah Fawcett Harvey Oh Cartier? my God, is it terrible? It's <laughs> but it's it's entertaining to watch because it's so awful that it's 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 hypnotic. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I haven't seen that. I was telling Cindy about that, and she said, "Oh yeah, I saw that." I'm like, "Oh really?" And it's like she had one wow, up on really? me. For wow. Crazy. Yeah, she's like, "Yeah, it was on TV one time or so." You know, I'm sure it was cut up apparently, but you know, oh, it's got so. all kinds of nudity. Yeah, you see Kirk Douglas's bare butt in it. It's 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 there's heads getting cut off. It is a weird ass movie. I, I, it's, it's completely bewildering. <laughs> oh, so I got a question. We got a credit for film editor Michael Ellis. So how is this different than like Stuart Baird's job? You know, it's like what's the difference between editor and Film editor. I don't I mean, exactly. No, I have to assume that film editor is like an assistant or something. I'm surprised he's not called assistant editor, but I have to assume that that's what that is because yeah, Stuart Baird is the editor of this movie. So right, right, yeah. I mean, he this got thing it. had so many assistants. If you look under the assistant directors and second assistant directors, there are no less than 21 people mentioned, which is staggering because <laughs> I mean, you had 21 different people, including a woman, Candace Seuerstedt, which is unusual for this time in, the, in movies. 
for a woman to be directing even part of a big blockbuster like this. But, I mean, for people who don't know what assistant directors are, they're the people that direct, you know, either second unit footage or, you know, we need the shot of, like, some water going through the canyon or, like, a hand holding up, like, a, a key. Like, any sort of inset shot that you don't need the main actors for, that's what you hand off to the assistant directors. Now, there are a lot of directors that are obsessive and don't do that. Like, they want to direct every single shot of the movie. But uh, for, you know, you just mentioned this thing took two years and multiple continents. There's no way Richard Donner could do that. So that's why you need 20. I've never seen a movie with 21 people, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this thing was, you know, and it kind of makes you wonder, is some of this, some of the credits here, could possibly even be before Donner ever came on board when they were just, you know, trying to figure out what the heck they were going to do when like Guy Hamilton was going to do it. And I mean, I don't know that, but it kind of makes possible. you wonder. Sure. Yeah. You know, cause they were going to, they were going to originally like shoot it in Italy and they couldn't do that because Brando had a, like a pornography, uh, 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 warrant out for him for making the last Patango in Paris right, or something, right. <laughs> and and then they couldn't film it. In they were going to have Guy Hamilton do it in England, but then he couldn't do it because he was a, a tax exile from England. Right. So it's like <laughs> more movies have been forever altered by tax law than you would ever imagine. That that's that's uh, for someone of a really uh, investigatory nature. That's a documentary waiting to be made because, like, the reason we have Robert Shaw as Quint in Jaws is because Stuart Sterling Hayden couldn't do it because of his tax problems. So there, there, the, the tax law has really in, impacted the movie industry in, in vast ways. Well, well, now we're seeing all this stuff coming from that Justice League Mortal movie that George Miller was going to do, and apparently it got – scuttered it like literally the day before it was going to start filming because the 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 tax australian tax breaks didn't come through that warner brothers wanted amazing. so <laughs> yeah, that's like, amazing yeah they should make like uh, a documentary called film in the tax man or something, something. <laughs> I, I tell you really i would who i think that would be fascinating i mean it would be tedious to research but you know i would watch it <laughs> if it existed oh, yeah. i'd sign up for it yeah, sure, sure. Get that. Somebody get that on Netflix. Let's yep, let's go. There you go. Yeah, so. <laughs> go I'll go fund me that. I'll, I'll do it. Man. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, I gotta say, as we you know we're going through the credits and we got we've got the main Superman march, and then we get to the uh, the love theme, and uh, I really love this version of the of the love theme, the Superman, the Can You Read My Mind? Because it it's it's kind of haunting and and melancholy and. And by the time we get to the end of it, it honestly makes me a bit sad every time because I hear it and I know the movie is over. You know, <laughs> it really does. And it just, I mean, even though it gets kind of this triumphant, you know, bit at the end and then, but then it kind of peters back out again. And it always, it's like, you know, it's like watching, you know, a good friend like drive away and you won't see him again for a while or something, you know, so. You can understand uh, that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm bit I'm getting sappy. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie's over. It's perfect perfect time to do that. Yeah, um, I thought one credit was interesting. We've got all these different uh, effects and models and things, but we got Starship. I wrote that down too. I'm like, what the yes. hell does that mean? <laughs> By Ed Gimmel. I Ed guess, Gimmel. Yeah. I guess he designed Kal-El's 
spaceship, I guess. Yes, you know? that's a weird credit. I've never seen somebody get a credit just for, like, the specific effect that they did. Like, yeah. that's weird. Like, you know, usually it says, you know, you see the credits above it. It says modelers, illustrators, scenic artists. You're like, okay, I know what these guys did. But Starship, like, he gets, is that, do you get a, maybe he had a good agent. And he's like, hey, I built this spaceship. It's a special prop. I get credit. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's confounding. I, I mean, maybe, yeah, it's, I, it, he had a good, like you said, had a good agent, or maybe it's because it's like, man, we really don't want to use a Flash Gordon type rocket. What, what can we do? And this guy came in, it's like, hey, what about this Christmas ornament? You know? <laughs> <There we go. laughs> and they're like, you get a special credit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, that, like, that one really jumped out at me when I was watching it. I was like, what the heck? And I looked up at IMDb, and like, it gives you no more detail. It just says, Ed Gimmel, Starship. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's like nobody like nobody got like Tie Fighter by so and so in Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. I, that I know of. If somebody, I'm sure somebody, if they did such a credit, somebody will let us know. But I, I have never noticed a credit like that. So you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, so we, we get Yvonne Blake, who of course should get a ton of credit for not only getting Superman's costume perfect, uh, but for having the sense to. Keep our main cast dressed timelessly, as we've brought up, you know, yes. that, uh, you know, Clark and Lois are not dressed very 70s. They're dressed very classically. Um, you know, uh, uh, Perry and Jimmy are dressed very like classically like we would ex- expect. And because of that, the movie doesn't like jump out at you like, oh, 70s, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I mean, Lex's suits, yeah, and Otis, and of course, Otis is dressed like a throwback. Uh, but uh, you know, but yeah, that's you know, there's of course there's '70s elements. There's the cops that are chasing Otis. There's of course the pimp, uh, things like that. But I mean, for the most part, this doesn't this doesn't jump out at you as like holy cow, we're in the '70s, like an episode of Six Million Dollar Man from the same period, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Clark in his fedora looks like he stepped right out of His Girl Friday or something. Yeah, it does give it that kind of timelessly look. By the way, the uh, one of the names in the wardrobe assistance list, I just had to mention because it's such a beautiful name, Elvira Angelinetta. That is such oh. a great name, and she worked on Return of the Jedi, by the way. So good for her. That that is that name is just fantastic. Oh wow, that is that is a great name, yeah. Hell, <laughs> oh, the handle. The, the mom and dad, Angel, Angel and Etta were like, "Can we call her Debbie?" No. How about Susie? No. How about Elvira? Perfect. I was like, Great. <laughs> yeah. Another name that that I that I jumped out at me was uh, in the stunt uh, stunt department. Additional stunts by Richard Hackman. Uh, any relation? Mm, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's another stunt name, uh, stunt coordinator. One of the guys is listed as Alf Joint. Uh, yeah. He uh, he was a guy that worked with uh, Donner a lot. In fact, if you see the uh, the Omen, have you seen the Omen, Chris? I can't oh yeah, it. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. the scene at the end where uh, Lee Remick th- th- gets thrown out the window. We don't well, mm-hmm. we don't see her get thrown, but she she falls out the window. That is Alfie Joint. That is him. Oh, wow. He's he doubled as a woman. Uh, and they talk about it on the commentary because it's Donner and Stuart Baird, and they talk about that that's Alfie Joint who is falling out the window pretending to be Lee Remick. So obviously oh. he got along well with uh, with Donner because here he is again on Superman. Yeah, that's you know, and that and that always makes you feel good too about the director because you know if they've got a group of people that kind of follow him from production to production, you know that 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 to me to me that kind of says something about that director. You know that that you know 
if you can get like you know because i mean obviously there's probably some directors that people work on them one time and they're like yeah i can say i worked with so-and-so but i wanted to get the hell off that set and never <laughs> yeah. work with them again you know it's like you know stanley kubrick or somebody like that you know it's like i don't know but but uh, now I'm trying to throw off on Stanley Kubrick, but he Actually, is no to, to be fair to Stanley Kubrick, he had the same the same people over and over again. So while he was probably very difficult to work with, people really did like being with him because he he used kind of the same team over and over again. Just to be totally accurate, I would say maybe Otto Preminger was somebody that people oh. just could not stand. So. That's true. Yeah, Otto Preminger. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and he made a he made a great Mister Freeze as well. So. Sure did. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> he played a Nazi and Mr. Freeze. You make your you make your judgment. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have thrown off on on Stanley Kubrick. Well, I was no, just taking I mean, a Kubrick, like somebody is really. In fact, there's a documentary all about him where his pe- some of his people talk about that he could be really rough, but nevertheless, I think people were so proud of the work that they did on his movies that they sort of were able to put up with the fact that he was at, at times could be quite the taskmaster. So it makes, it makes sense that he's one of the first names you would think of as somebody that probably didn't make for the easiest set in the world. I don't think Shelley Duvall was like after him to work with him. Right, again, yeah. So. Shelley Duvall, yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> her one time with Kubrick, that was it. Um, uh, we get a credit for flying effects uh, by Derek Botel and Bob Harmon. All I will say is we believed you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> I wonder if these are I know that some of the guys and I should have looked that up some of the some of the people that worked on the flying effects in Superman the movie and the, the Superman movies all well the first three the Salkine produced ones and Supergirl went over to work on the Superboy TV series too mm. uh, and I don't know if these were the two guys or it was some of their crew or 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 something, but uh, you know there was that continuity. Although they never, the flying effects never looked quite as well because they worked quite as well. I think partially because, not to get on that on that tangent, but I don't think that the actors worked the rigs the way that that Reeve did, and even and Helen Slater did. She did a great job too. She did. Oh, she's terrific. Oh yeah. yeah. Her aerial ballet when she first lands on Earth is just—it's it, just awesome. <laughs> when when uh, Ange eventually does Supergirl movie minute, we'll have to guest on that, and he can talk about how great Helen Slater is in flying in that movie. Yes, yes, I, 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 you know, I would be down for that. I would be, I would listen to that. Even you have to get through all the, you know, Faye Dunaway chewing the scenery up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to mention uh, assistant. First of all, the mad artists Doug Ferris and Ray Capel. And then assistant mad artist Liz Letman. This is her sole credit, which I've always wondered about that. How does somebody end up like with a sole credit and then never again be in a movie? Like, you know, how do you end up being in one of the biggest movies ever made and then you never get another credit? Like, what happens to your career or like that? I'd love to find out. But um, talk, we were talking about taxes. Mad artists. That's another part of movie making that I think deserves a documentary because those mad guys from and, and mad women i should say mad artists from the 50s 60s 70s up into the 80s those people were just geniuses just oh, yeah. and just the ability you could do, i mean you think about how much heavy lifting matte paintings do in a movie where you have to come up with a painting that looks so good that when it's blown up to like 70 millimeter it's still gonna hold up Can you imagine that yeah. Uh, you know, I, that's just, I mean, think about how the last scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark is 90% a matte painting. 
you know, or the scene where yeah. where Clark discovers the Fortress of Solitude. That's just a tiny little piece of footage buried in a matte painting, and yet it looks gorgeous. So, and it's a lost art because nobody does matte paintings anymore. So, all these guys, Doug Ferris, Ray Capel, and Liz Letman, well done, guys, because it's beautiful paintings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's one scene in one of the making of documentaries that shows somebody actually painting like some of the crystal structure of uh, it's either Krypton. I think it's the fortress. Mm. And it's like, holy cow, they're painting that painting that on a glass. I mean, it's just, oh, my gosh, it's nuts. I mean, it's just the craftsmanship that I mean, that's that's one thing to just really. And I I know we'll, we'll sum up things next time, but really going this movie into this movie five minutes at a time, the craftsmanship that yep. went into this film is just, it's just leaped out at me like never before. It just leapt out at me like never before. It's just, it's amazing. And yeah, you're right. Mad artist. It's yeah, because everything's, everything's CGI now. And I, again, not, not, Oh, I hate CGI. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I yeah, don't know. It's a different, it's a different art form. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, it takes, it takes talent and, and skill to do that as sure. well, of course, sure. but there's just something about, that you know, it's like literally done by hand <laughs> on glass. It's just, it's just such an, it's like an old world technique, even for the still modern art, and you know, relatively in the history of, <laughs> of mankind mm-hmm. of filmmaking. Yep. Uh, but that, but that, uh, that painting on glass and for you know, uh, visual effects is just uh, yeah, amazing. And yeah, I, I know you've mentioned that before. I would love to see a, a documentary on on matte painters. We've got, we've got all these documentaries that somebody we're, we're making a list for people. Yeah, somebody really, go yeah. out Next episode, <laughs> we'll have a whole list of documentaries. You want to say, yeah, I, I hope that those matte paintings still exist somewhere. You know, I'd hate to think that they were chucked into the trash or something. Cause movie studios are not always the best keepers of their own history, but uh, you know, I would hate to think that all that beautiful work was just thrown out after it was done. I hope that there's some, you know, some salt mine somewhere uh, where these things are just all piled up and they can be exhumed maybe someday. Right. Yeah. I hope so too. That'd be, that'd be great. I mean, it'd be great to go to like a, a an art gallery showing oh, or oh. of the, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that's, the next, that's the next fire and water meetup is if they have one of those. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you see things like that, when the, the star Wars, uh, the, the, the costume uh, tour happened and it actually came to the Cincinnati museum, uh, that was that was great just seeing that. I mean, of course, that was costume pieces and stuff. But some of that stuff from like the original films, you got to think before they knew what Star Wars would be to people, you know, that they kept that. And it's like so I'm, I'm hoping some of those matte paintings are still, like you said, stored somewhere. Some of the Star Wars are probably like at the Skywalker Ranch probably, somewhere yeah. stored away. <laughs> and, and, and you think about it that's that's lucas who does that not 20th century fox or not you know what i mean it's like it, it takes an individual to say this stuff is valuable and it's worth spending the money and the care to keep it up uh, the, the, so if you don't have somebody like for superman who is going to take it upon themselves to protect all this stuff it might not get protected so i don't know Hope right so. yeah so now we uh if you got anybody else before we get into the cast that you wanted to uh, there is a there is, I forget where we oh there's a there is a in memory of uh, because this movie is dedicated to Jeffrey Unsworth right at the top of the film but there are two names at the very bottom it says in memory of Terry Hill and John Bottomied so I looked mm-hmm. them up and Terry Hill was a stuntman uh, he died uh, I don't think he died like you know, making this movie he just died later on and then uh, John Bottomied uh, is an art director with credits on Gulliver's Travels and Aces High and those magnificent men in their flying machines he is not 
he doesn't have any credits on Superman. He's just listed in memory of. So maybe like you mentioned about the um, the stuff with uh, the the previous you know, all the work they put in before Donner came aboard. Maybe he maybe he was going to be on this movie and he passed mm-hmm. away before he ever got to actually work on it. But so he is mentioned uh, in memory of, even though he himself did not work on this movie, as far as I know. Okay, I saw those. I had I actually had those written down too, and just kind of accidentally skipped over them. So I'm glad you looked that up because. I was wondering about that, that, and yeah, it's if he doesn't have a credit, it does make you think he, you know, was one of the guys like maybe trying to work up like shooting Superman out of a cannon and things <laughs> yeah, like right, that. Yeah, right, exactly. Like remote controlled Superman that they show on the the making of and things like we that. We take the Mego so. doll, we throw it across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and now of course we're getting into the cast, and and it's still Brando Hackman, and then Christopher Reeve, so. You know, sometimes they'll switch that up in the end credits. So, they, you know, but now Reeves still gets third, which, yeah, you know, those guys, those guys help sell the movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and without Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman, the movie wouldn't have gotten made. So you can't, you can't, you know, you can't knock them for that. I mean, if you've ever seen, uh, I'm sure you've seen it. I just mean the Royal You. Like, you've ever seen some of, like, the early billboards that the Salkinds put up at, like, I think, like, the Cannes Film Festival to, to talk about that they were making Superman. It's, it's, it's a Superman logo. And on the left is Brando and on the right is Hackman. They don't yeah. even, they don't even picture nor mention Christopher Reeve. So they, those guys were clearly the, the way they were selling the movie. Yeah. And I mean, like the picture of Brando, he's not Jor-El. It's before they started filming anything. Hackman's right, got right. a mustache. Yep, I mean, yep, it's, yep. A, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's like their driver's license photos or something. <laughs> Uh, I see. I, I noticed that one thing that jumped out at me is Terrence Howard is just called First Elder of Krypton, of course. Mm-hmm. But Maria Shell gets a name, Von Von Dash Ah, so Von Ah. Uh, so I wonder why they didn't give Howard a name like uh, a lot of times, like in the movie. I think it was the movie serials and the TV show. They had the head of the Kryptonian Council was a guy named I think his name was Roseanne or something like that. Oh, so, boy. so yeah, not Rodan, but you know Roseanne or something. like that. So, uh, and if if I was wrong, Bob Fisher's like, no, Chris, it was this. So, uh, but but <laughs> but shaking uh, his fist right now, shaking my fist, a Franklin. Yeah, but uh, uh, but it was something like that. And so it's I wonder why they didn't get him like you know just a random like. Kryptonian name rather than just first elder, you know. I, guess, I mean, there's no line of dialogue where he is named, uh, so I guess that's why he does. They didn't bother to come up with a name in one of the scenes in the extended version, the the three hour cut. You actually hear Maria Shell's character get named, so I right? Because he says, and so is, and so is Vanda. So there she. So I guess that's maybe why she gets a name and he does it because they just screenplay just they just didn't need to name him for any reason. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do like that uh, that uh, Glenn Ford and Phyllis Thaxter are Ma and Pa Kent, mm-hmm. <laughs> not Jonathan and Martha Kent, but Ma and Pa Kent. Yeah, I love that's that. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> it's interesting how they how I guess it, this is something again agent wise, but like how the credits are blocked because it goes from it's you know you've got Brando and Hackman and Reeve and Beatty, and then we get alphabetical Beatty, Cooper, Ford, Howard, Kidder, O'Halloran, Perrine, Shell, Stamp, Thaxter, York. Then there's a space. Mm-hmm. And then there's four more names, Jeff East, Mark McClure, Sarah Douglas, and Harry Andrews, and then another space 
in order of appearance. So it was like, that's very specific of like, these are our main actors, here are some sub-actors, and here are the rest of the actors. Like, that's very, very specific, as opposed to nowadays, you really don't see that. It's kind of just one long list. They don't really break it up like that. Right, yeah, it's it's either in alphabetical order or in, in like, a, uh, appearance, it yep. seems like, yep. you know, usually, yeah, yeah, after after the main the main stars, yeah, so, yeah, that, I, thought, I thought that was interesting, too, I noticed that, that's, that's kind of how they come up at the beginning of the credits, too, I mean, because they, they, like, each person gets their name coming up, and then when you get to Mark McClure and Jeff East, they share the screen together, right, uh, you know, as they, as they come at us, so that, that's interesting, we, we do get Miss Tessmacher's first name at the end, Eve Tessmacher, yep. so, yeah, there you go. Although I don't think that's ever she's never called Eve in the movie. Is no, she? I don't think so. Yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I think it's also interesting we get the differentiation between Baby Kal-El is Lee Quigley. Although I do believe that there was at least one other baby in the scenes on Krypton, and from what I've been reading, I think there was, there was a story recently on that on SupermanHomePage.com. I believe that, uh, that one of the other babies was actually a girl. That played uh, Kal El maybe yeah, in that. Why scene. not? Makes sense. Who's gonna know? Yeah, yeah. Who's gonna know for for some shots? And then Aaron Smolinski, who was baby <laughs> Clark Kent from uh, when they found him in the rocket, he was the kid in Superman three that Christopher Reeve gives the photo to when he comes out of the photo booth, uh, and he's in Man of Steel as one of the soldiers. So oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking. There's a guy out there who walks around. He's like, yeah, I did full frontal in a movie once. <laughs> well, you can ask him about it because he's going to be one of the guests at the Superman celebration <laughs> in Metropolis, <laughs> Illinois this summer. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Cool. I would so love to do a road trip. We need to talk about that. Maybe we need to make that happen. That'd be good. <laughs> uh, that's, we have to have, we will have to have that discussion. That would be, that would be a lot of fun. It really would. I mean, they're having a big super, I mean, I'm, we're derailing here, but they're, it's a 40th anniversary celebration of Superman, the movie they've got Jeff East. They've got uh, uh, Jack O'Halloran, uh, they've got Ilya Salkind, and they've got uh, Smolensky there, uh, and uh, so it's it's a it's a pretty good you know showing for Superman the movie. So that that be it, uh, uh, you know. So it's eight, Superman's 80th anniversary, of course. It's the movie's 40th, so and it's the 40th of the celebration down there. So if it, wow. and if any, have you ever been to Metropolis? I have not. I have been. Uh, let's see. Uh, at least twice, maybe three. No, I just, I'm trying to think. Hold on. I've been three times, I think. Yeah, now that I think. I was there years ago back when they had kind of an unimpressive Superman statue that looked like it come from um, uh, a putt-putt golf course or something. <laughs> and then I went back after they like put out this super impressive very nice uh, that you saw Obama standing. Oh, that's in front. that one, the one the hands on hip one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 great. I mean, they've got a museum there, and it's it's a lot of fun, and the celebration is always fun, and and it's you know compared to like a lot of the conventions and stuff you'll go to, at least when I was there, a lot of times the uh, like the autographs and stuff, if they're not free, then they're they're cheaper than they are. Elsewhere, because I guess the the town actually pays the celebrities to come, and hmm, you know, so you don't pay that fee. So that's so that's another you know, but not that you have to be cheap about it. But I'm just saying, you know. Sure, so. sure, sure. Yeah, every, hey, when you're at a convention, every dollar counts, man. You know, you know, well, your money flies out of your wallet when you're at one of those things. So we, right. we we could do Superman movie minute live. You know, yeah, there together. You go. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, sorry, sorry to derail that. Sorry, yeah, but, we'll, uh, talk, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, so 
And we got a credit for uh, Sergeant Haley, and it's played by Paul. Uh, how do you pronounce it? T U E R P E. Tirp, I guess. And that's not Chevy Chase because I think was didn't you bring up that somebody thought that that guy was Chevy Chase or something? Uh, yeah, somebody. I don't think I did. I think one of our guests did. I forget who oh, said it, but yeah. Yeah, one of your one of our guests. I, I remember somebody brought that up. So that is clearly not Chevy Chase. He's no. played by somebody else. No. <laughs> I did. I did want to mention uh, Diane Sherry is Lana Lang, and uh, now this credit. There's weird. There's a credit on IMDb listed for this movie that is not in this movie. I don't know where that credit comes from. Maybe it was like listed on a sheet somewhere, uh, and then that, that's the information that's provided to IMDb, but they didn't literally put it in the movie. And it is a credit. It is the sole other comic book creator credit attached to this movie that is not Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Now, Chris, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you have any idea who that might be? Uh, were they in the cast? Uh, it is, well, it is a, it is, oh, I'll just, I'll get right at it. It is a, the creator credit for Lana Lang, because oh. Jerry Siegel and Schuster did not create Lana Lang. She was created by Bill Finger and oh. John Sakella. So they, Bill Finger, if you go to IMDb and you look up the full cast list on Superman movie, it lists Bill Finger, but it says uncredited. So oh. there must yeah. be on some ledger sheet somewhere, maybe... Um, like after the fact, maybe after Bill Finger's family finally realized, you know, hey, should we get a credit for these things? But he, so he said, it's not in the movie. You don't see it in the movie, but it's listed on IMDb. Well, I think, and I, and that's that's really interesting. And uh, I think part of that is IMDb will list who created what character as a writer, oftentimes. Right, I've seen that. that yeah, featured. Yeah, but that that's that's interesting that Bill Finger gets so. So there you go, Bill Finger. I mean, he obviously wrote Superman as well, and he contributed Lana Lang. Now, there's a pretty significant contribution to sure. the Superman mythos there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I, you would you just think that you tend to think that all these original concepts are Siegel and Schuster, you know, because it's like, oh, it's Ma Ken, Pa Ken, Luthor, but it's like, no, there's Lana Lang didn't come in, of course, until much later. So that by that time, Siegel, I don't even think was even drawing the or writing the book, or, or if he was, there was a lot of other Superman material being generated. So yeah, Lana Lang is the the sole non Siegel Schuster character uh, from the comics. Well, there you go. So hey, cool. Uh, I didn't expect the Bill Finger reference. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and we, of course, in the cast, we've got John Ratzenberger, who yeah. we mentioned. Yep, and, and coming soon to a theater near you as the Underminer in the Incredible uh, Three. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, one credit that jumped out at me, we get a credit for the agent on the golf course, and that's an actor named Burnell Tucker, and that was the scene where the president was being called on the golf course. Oh, okay. I was like, that's not scene? in what the. Are talking about? Yeah, that's not in the finished movie. So there you go. So, uh, so some people that were in cut scenes that are on the three-hour extended cut are, you know, <laughs> are, are uh, credited here as well, I guess. So. Um, now we get into the music, and a name popped out. Uh, the the person that wrote the le- lyrics for "Can You Read My Mind" was a, a lady named uh, Leslie Bracuse, I guess I would pronounce it. Br- Brickus. They actually mentioned on Br- the commentary. Leslie Bracus. Oh, Br- Brickus. Okay. Okay. Uh, she wrote that. You know, I went and looked her up. It's like I wonder what else she wrote. Well, good gravy! This woman's got some serious, <laughs> serious movie cred. I mean, just jumping out at me. I mean, she wrote uh, uh, the music, uh, lyrics to the music, uh, Dr. Doolittle. 
the musical version of Scrooge, which I'm a huge fan of with Albert Finney, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wow. I mean, pure imagination. She wrote the lyrics to that. Wow. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, oh boy. Well, she knew what she was doing, huh? Yeah, I mean, wh- I mean, I was like, whoa! <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, wow, she was uh, a heck of a heck of a, a songstress there, you know. I was like, whoa! So, yeah, that, I mean, you, you go to her IMDb; it's just like a, it's forever long, full of of musicals she contributed lyrics to. So, uh, yeah, that was that was uh, that that blew my mind. So, um, <laughs> I can read that, your mind now, Chris. <laughs> I'm thinking the movie's getting close to ending. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> um, we get main titles designed by Dennis Rich. So, you know, thank you for the... Now, who was the guy that did the... Was he the guy that did the swooshing letters? No, or that was somebody... that's Richard Greenlaw. Richard uh, Greenlaw. Richard Greenlaw. Again, Donner talks about him. That they He basically came to Donner with this and said... Because they had done it. He had done it for a commercial appearance. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's... That's the rings, the Phantom Zone rings. That's on the commercial. But uh, no, uh, Richard Greenlaw went, came to Donner and said, this is the way we can do it. And Donner loved it so much that they hired him to do the credits. And he said he really put – they put that agency on the map because this was like their first big credit. And, you know, like I guess it made their career after that. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's iconic. I mean, you know, whenever you see letters come flying at you that way, you instantly think of – oh, they're doing the Superman thing. You know, so I mean it, it – I don't know if it, they'd done it really anywhere like that before but it didn't matter if they had this is the thing that that locked it into everyone's brain you know so it's it's what everybody thinks of when when you get those telescoping letters and it's perfect because superman's logo has always had that telescoping feel to it so it's it's fantastic although like we mentioned in the very beginning i wish the actual superman logo came at you that way you know yes but, i agree because it does in the trailer so it's like, why didn't he put that in the movie? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, so I, we got a comment that uh, Clark Kent's wardrobe was furnished by Barney's Incorporated. Uh, so <laughs> a lot of a lot of, a lot of uh, promotional considerations in this movie. Yeah, TVs by JVC, Cheerios, Timex, they get plugs too. So uh, I'm sure in Superman two, Mar Marlboro and and uh, Coca Cola will get their get their due at the end credits scene. Yeah. By the well. way, before we move off this, just I realize I said the wrong name. It's not Richard Greenlaw. It's Richard Greenberg that did the Richard Superman Greenberg. scooping credits. I apologize. I don't want anybody. I don't want Bob Fisher beat me up again or Michael Bailey. No, it's Richard Greenberg. I apologize, Mr. Greenberg. Richard. Greenberg. Yeah, I never can keep that. I can't keep that guy's name in my head. But Richard Greenberg. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remember that this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, at the you know, as we get toward the end of the credits, the you know, the the music picks up and it's it's got that kind of triumphant, uh, lots of lots of uh, uh, brassy horns, and it's it's really it gets me. I love I love hear, listening to this version of it. Um, we get the a National Satellite Visual Survey Space Council. Uh, thanks for them for space photography. So nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're the ones that faked the moon landing. So go, oh yeah, go, go on that. <laughs> with Stanley Kubrick. With Stanley Kubrick, uh, <laughs> it all comes back to Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> and it's all told. If you watch The Shining, it'll tell That's you exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie's crazy. <laughs> 
I haven't watched all. I watched part of it. I'm like, nah, I'm out, man. I can watch all. This. Uh, it's a fun movie. Room 237, by the way, is the movie we're talking about, which is a documentary all about various conspiracy theories involved with The Shining. It's a great movie, but it's also a descent into madness. So yeah, <laughs> I need to finish it up at some point. I'm like, I was just kind of like, nah, I think I'm gonna. I, I'm just not in the. I'm not in the mental space right now to get this this deep into this. But right, uh, right. Um, I, you know, I always think it's funny when like these names of these production companies and things will come up and you're like, what's that? I've never, like, it's like the movie is made by Dove Mead Limited. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is Dove? Is that the Saw Kinds? Is that, uh, a lot of times it's just like the one, like the one time name of a yep. company yep. that that's a conglomeration of these different people who've contributed money. And yeah, it's like some one of these LLCs. You'll see that. You see all the time where it's like, you know, Captain America the Winter Soldier is made by Captain America Winter Soldier LLC. You're like, really? A whole company for one movie? But I guess that's how they do it now. Right, yeah. It's 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 just one of those I mean, because you don't I mean there's some some production companies that you that you hear about and I mean even like like specific uh actors, directors like like uh, uh Clint Eastwood's got Malpaso, you know. Right. It's his right company that, that that you know is always involved in everything he does uh but so so there's things like that but yeah uh dove me limited it's not one that i remember coming up again it, it might maybe they did superman two and three and supergirl as well i don't know well, you know but uh Ange can figure out the supergirl part but uh, <laughs> we're throwing we're throwing a lot of work on, on people's laps on this episode make documentaries make supergirl movie minute uh, have us on it repeatedly uh, for, for the good parts all the, the good we part. want to be in all the helen slater scenes yes. okay yeah there you go perfect <laughs> i want to be on in uh, argo where they're in the you know the hippie commune mall you know that's mm-hmm. that's where i want to be that but uh, but no um so uh, we got anything before we get toward the the announcement of what's coming Next year, according to this. Yeah, I have one credit that I wanted to mention. I thought it was really funny. And it's right over the little uh, the, the movie number where it says approved number 25403. By the way, I, that is actually like in, in all like in order listing of movies as they've been copyrighted. So, mm. yeah. Now, now, the number didn't start like with the first movie or anything. It was I don't think silent films were done. But like you by some reckoning, Superman, the movie is the twenty fifth thousand four hundred and third movie to be registered with the Motion Picture Association of America. <laughs> but uh, the name there's a name in here. It says under worldwide distribution, copyright, film export, yada, 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 DC Comics, sales consultant Armand Rubin. Now, I totally want to believe that Armin Rubin was a guy, he's probably an accountant, and he just did a lot of legwork, a lot of contracts, and he's like, damn it, I want my name in this movie. Because, like, <laughs> what else is his name in this movie? But he was just like, I want to see my name done in those credits. I want to, damn it, I'm getting it. And so, therefore, he gets his name. And it's literally the last name we see in the movie before we get to the big announcement. So it's kind of amazing that he managed to kind of get that for himself. Good, good, good on you, Mr. Rubin. <laughs> I wonder, it, it really is interesting to think how much of who got what credit and where it was placed was how much somebody just nagged somebody else, yep, you know, yep. or, or like I said, if you don't put my credit in here, I'm going to say this, or I'm going to come out with this, or, you know, it's, it's. Yep. <laughs> the one little piece of detail that I do want to mention is, uh, I mean, everybody knows about the battle that Siegel and Schuster had with DC Comics to get officially recognized 
uh, as the creators of Superman because they weren't for many years. And it was Neil Adams and Jules Pfeiffer that really were the, the leaders of this. And the reason they were fighting so hard in the 70s is because they knew the movie was being made. And they mm-hmm. wanted to get their names on the movie. And apparently uh, the, the lawyers for DC uh, were willing to accede to the demands of, of Pfeiffer and Adams and Siegel and Schuster for many years. And But the one of the credits they said was, there's no way we can get their names in the movie credits. It's too late. The, the animation's been done. It's too late. And apparently the lawyer making this argument had the unfortunate choice of making that argument to Jules Pfeiffer who was familiar with movies, had written movies, he wrote Carnal Knowledge, and he, he, inv- he was involved in the movie industry, and he knew the guy was basically bullshitting. And mm. apparently he leaned over and said, you know and I know that you're lying. You know and I know that we can get their names in there. It won't take long, and we are not backing down on that. And they didn't, and to their credit, you know, they got it in there. And so Siegel and Schuster were in the opening credits. But it was only because Jules Pfeiffer knew about the movie industry and knew that that guy was totally lying. I think maybe well, Neil Adams didn't know, you know. Maybe Neil Adams would have made the same estimation. I don't know. But it happened to be that it would, you know, this lawyer was talking to a guy invo- that had had involvement with the movie industry. So good on you, Jules Pfeiffer. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's that's pretty cool that he, <laughs> he called him out on it. Yeah. He's like, you're, yeah. I know you're lying. You know, you know, I I know you're lying. You know you're lying. So let's just move on with this. Yeah, Jules Pfeiffer actually a couple of years from now he wrote the Popeye movie. Yep. yep. So, so yeah, we 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 actually watched that a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't seen it in a while. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. So our big announcement at the you know at the end, like James Bond will return in blah blah blah, is next year Superman two. <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, not quite next year. Um, in two years, if you're in Europe, and three years if you're in the United States, it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we had to wait a bit for Superman too. And and one thing I I did not, if I missed it, then call me out on it. But I didn't see a credit for Richard Lester. No, no, there is no credit for it. No, there is not. Which is interesting because we all know that toward the end of the shoot. He was on the sets as somewhat of a go-between between the Salkinds and Spengler, uh, especially Spengler and Donner. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, they brought him in then. So, kind of surprised he didn't get some kind of special you know, something. Yeah, yeah, another kind of cre- Of course, we know Tom Mankiewicz was creative consultant, <clears throat> rewriter, uh, <laughs> yeah. screenwriter, as they like yeah. to say. Script uh, brain surgeon. If it, you know, mm-hmm. that's not yep. script doctoring. That's like brain surgery. You know, yeah. uh, basically. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, so no, no credit for Richard Lester, which is which is interesting. Not, to, I'm not saying that I want him to have a credit on it, but I'm, I'm just saying it's not there. So mm-hmm. yep. take that, take that as you as you will. And of course, when we do get, uh, oddly enough, uh, you know, we won't get a credit for Richard Donner in Superman two, even no. though. Some of what's on the screen is most definitely filmed by Richard Donner. Yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So you know your your solo movie that's uh, coming out in a few months. That's not nothing new, kids. Uh, go back and listen to the story of Superman. Uh, Superman two. I uh, have I have found in my years as a podcaster that you are asking for trouble if you record a podcast and you say next week we're going to do X. Something always happens. 
to mm-hmm. ruin that recording. To me, unless you already have it recorded, don't ever do that. Don't ever promise people because something inevitably comes up. And that's just with a podcast. I can't yeah. imagine having that kind of guts to do with a movie because there's so many things can go wrong. And that even happened with James Bond because, of course, at the end of um, The Spy Who Loved Me, it says James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. And he didn't. He returned in Moonraker because of Star Wars, of course, and that's all right. the story. But, I mean, there you go. I mean, they even – so you can't control these things. So, uh, no. you know, it's like for the Saul kind, the Saul kinds were pretty confident that they were going to have Superman 2 done it in theaters a year later. Like, no, not not quite. Not quite. Yeah. it's You know, and had they maybe not fired Richard Donner, they might have made it. I don't know. Maybe. But, you know, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I kind of doubt it, especially since they had to crib the ending for Superman 2 for uh, the end of this movie. Um, and they so. ran into trouble with Brando because Brando didn't want to – Brando demanded to be paid for the second movie. How dare he demand it to be paid, which is why the mother <laughs> figures so heavily in the movie and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and then, you know, of course we – of course we, I know. We're, we're freely talking about Superman 2. What's happened? I don't know. I don't uh, know. <laughs> You're just trying to get it all in in the last episode. I understand, Chris. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and then, of course, I mean, you know, I, I don't think Hackman ever shot anything for, for Richard Lester either. So I everything so, no. Hackman is – it's a body double from uh, – that you that you see in, in scenes that Lester shot and somebody doing a, you know, a, a, a semi-decent Gene Hackman vo- vocal impersonation for his few mumbly lines as he's like flying with the Phantom Zone villains and things like that. But <laughs> if only uh, <laughs> Hackman, if only Hackman would have been so particular when it came to director Sidney J. Fury, but that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> oh yeah. But then the movie would have been that much worse if Hackman had. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have opened that can of worms. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's been going on in Facebook enough, Rob. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, I think we're at with that. We're at the we're at the end of the credits. So, you know, the music like it it, it makes me sad and uh, it, it, it uh, melancholy and and uh, and and I want to go cry somewhere after it's over. But uh, I think it's very revealing that uh, of all the episodes you and I have done together, just the two of us without a guest, this is the longest one. <laughs> we're we're about in an hour, which is we've never done that long. I think we are kind of like you know languishing a little because we don't we got we had fun we really had i mean uh, we should mention this isn't the last last episode despite what i said last week we will be back next week for movie mailbag where we will be doing listener feedback for episodes um 16 through 27 and we will be announcing our superman extended cut blu-ray contest winner so we will be back next week but this one is the last one i you know i don't know we're gonna sum up next week obviously but like we had a lot of fun doing this, and so on some level, yeah, I am sorry that we don't have any more movie to talk about, sort of. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it it, it uh, yeah, I can't I can't I can't add anything other than say I agree completely with what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we will be back. Yes, we've we've got uh, we've got some wrapping up to do. We've got feedback to read. We've got a contest winner to announce, and we've got to sum up our overall thoughts on the film but uh, but this is the uh, this is the our our minute by minute coverage of the film is actually over as of now so we we did it we made it to the end of like you said superman the movie we did it. that's the one rule that uh, alex robinson pete retailer from star wars minute of course they said um like you, you know they allow you to you know 
borrow their their format, but their their one rule is you finish the movie. You don't fade, which I think is eminently reasonable because you know we here at the network we don't like pod fades. We were big on like making sure if you start your show, you should end it. You know, or that the release you know either end it or make sure you keep it going. Don't just right. lose interest. And uh, so they didn't want a whole bunch of movie minute shows where the movies don't get finished. And so we we. You know, I like to think that we did a decent job on Superman Movie Minute. I hope that it's uh, a worthy addition to the Movie Minute movies by Minutes canon. There's a lot of great shows out there. The Thing Minute, Godfather Minute, Star Wars Minute. There's a bunch of great shows. I hope that we did a, a job that a show that fits in well with the rest of those. But at the very least, we 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 got a passing grade that we finished the movie. Right. Yes. <laughs> we showed up for class every day. We did. We did. <laughs> So I guess uh, I guess that will uh, that'll bring us to the the end of of this episode. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we've uh, we've I think pretty much covered every credit that we can uh, that I can think of. If uh, you know anybody in, in the comments section, if there's a if there's a particular uh, credit that jumped out at you, then uh, you know, uh, be sure to let us know. Uh, you know, be sure to check out all the other fine shows on our network at firewaterpodcast.com, including several that Rob hosts and I host. Rob, do you want to tell some of the shows that you're on? Well, according to uh, Max Romero and the most recent Plasticast, I host 95% of the shows on the network. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I think I, the J, JLU cast is the only one I don't do, I think. I'm not sure. I If, if so, I really well. got to get going on Nightcast. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I host a lot of shows on the network. <laughs> Why well, did I do an invasion podcast? I hate that. I hated that crossover. Why did I do that show? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Well, I do. I myself do JLU cast, which um, actually you don't do it, but you are going to be on it. So you know, by the time this comes out, you you know you will. Everybody, I think everybody knows you're going to be on it. So. I'm everywhere. <laughs> you're everywhere. It's like yeah. Uh, but uh, I do that. I do. Uh, I won't go into all I do. I do do Batman Nightcast, which is soon to return. Oh, I'm uh, so excited! Yeah, I think I think Ryan was waiting for Superman Movie Minute to be over before he decided. Hey, I've been borrowing your time slot. That's true. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, so I do that. Um, uh, you know, we'd love to read your comments. Like I said, leave them at uh, fireandwaterpodcast.com. Uh, leave us a review in iTunes if you'd like. That would be great. Uh, thanks, as always, to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson. Uh, as Rob mentioned before, they welcomed us into the Movie by Minute family, and they allowed us to use their format, and uh, we, you know, we did finish the movie. So we did it. We did it. Thanks, guys, and I've been enjoying the heck out of their Revenge of the Sith uh, Movie by Minute commentary. It's a whole lot of fun. Definitely check that out. Uh, be sure to check out all the great movie shows at MoviesByMinute.com. And join our never-ending battle, although I guess it kind of just ended. Uh, <laughs> the battle is temporarily over. The battle is temporarily over. Uh, uh, <laughs> join us here next week for Superman Movie Minute. Bye. Bye. This country is safe again, Superman, thanks to you. No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team. Night. Night.